Hello, witches and wanderers. My name is Missa. And my name is Katie, and welcome to the Baby Witch Podcast. Hey, Katie, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you, Missa? Um, I'm okay. I had a little bit of a family health crisis earlier this month, um, which is why you probably haven't heard from me a lot on um, on social media, why this episode's going out a little bit late. We are uh, recording right before Thanksgiving. I don't know that I'm going to have time to get this episode out before Thanksgiving, um, so it might come out afterwards, but we're doing our best, and hopefully things are getting better in my house. Yay. Yeah. Sending lots of happy healing energy your way. And in your defense, uh, we did purposely delay recording the episode. We wanted to wait to record it until the election results came out just because, you know, we were thinking about recording it towards the end of October, but the episode wouldn't be out until after the election. And, you know, depending on the results, there could be two very different energies in the country. And I personally just thought it was going to be super awkward if we like record something and then, you know, everybody's happy after, you know, we post a worrying, worrying episode or like we post something and then like, you know, you know, everybody's super upset because Trump won. So in our defense, we did delay it on purpose, but then life stuff happened. Um, yeah, it is a little strange because it's been like two months since we recorded and I know, my life has changed a lot in the last two months. Um, I broke up with my boyfriend. Um, I'm okay. It was a long time coming. It was one of those breakups where there had been issues and it took me, you know, three months to decide to finally pull the plug. Um, so by the time it was over, I was, you know, emotionally past it. Um, and then I had to put, unfortunately, my cat passed away at the end of October, Um, I think I've said here before that he had had cancer and it was just to the point where he was in a lot of pain and I could tell that, you know, his quality of life was never going to return to what it was. So he's passed, but it was his time. Um, you know, he had had, he had been sick for, you know, a year and a half. Um, and so, you know, while I wish all cats were immortal, uh, you know, unfortunately these things happen. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely been a tumultuous time for the both of us. Um, but we're back. We're doing the best we can. We're going to continue to try to get episodes out for you all. Um, again, we're, we're still on that once a month schedule right now. And it's, you know, we're trying to stick to like the second or third Monday of the month. But right now it's just going to kind of come out when it comes out. <laughs> and we thank mm-hmm. you for being so patient with us. Yes. And um, who knows, because, you know, life might throw more curveballs our way, but our hope is to have um, episodes every two weeks starting again in like January or February. But now that I say that, it might be like next August by the time we return to that. So <laughs> who knows? We're going to see what happens. Yeah, um, but we really want to thank everyone who's been reaching out. You know, even though we haven't been putting out the podcast as regularly, we have just been getting a huge influx of new listeners um, new messages on social media via email. Um, there's just so many of you and we're so happy to be hearing from all of you and, uh, kind of following along on all of your journeys. This is, I'd be just incredible to see all of you, um, out there living your, your best witchy lives. Yeah. And it also, you know, we kind of created this podcast to make a community and, you know, it's, cool to see that community coming together and that we're all in this, you know, baby witch journey together. 
Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, it's been almost a year and a half since we started this podcast. Um, and I kind of thought that maybe I'd be a baby witch phase by now, but I'm definitely not. <laughs> I'm still yeah. learning as we go. Yeah, I almost feel like you have to be a witch for 10 years before you stop being a baby witch. But I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like you can dictate anybody else's journey. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, But speaking of still learning, um, we're going to go ahead and get into today's topic. Um, With everything that was going on in my life, we just went above and beyond doing all of like the research and the groundwork for this episode. Um, So she's really kind of our our baby expert for this episode. And I'm kind of hopefully tag along and and learn as we go really in this episode she's going to teach me some things and um so why don't we go ahead and and get started yeah so we're going to talk about uh protection magic today um really i thought about the subject in the wake of those stupid people at this summer who are posting like i'm a baby witch and i'm gonna hex the fae and like in response to that a lot of people were saying I'm a baby witch and I don't fuck around with that shit. I just do protection magic. And I kept on hearing this, like, I just do protection magic because I'm a newbie witch. And so apparently, and nobody told me this, um, protection magic is a very core part of beginning your witchcraft journey, um, which makes sense. Like, you want to make sure you're protecting yourself and you want to make sure you're not, um, you know, inadvertently going to put yourself in a place of harm. So I just thought that we'd do, you know, a rundown on some protection magic yeah um again we we kind of started all over the place with this podcast and you know maybe we should have started with like grounding and cleansing and how to say a spell and all of those kinds of things and maybe protection should have been one of the first things we started with but you know we're here now Yes, we are also learning at the same time. Like I said, I didn't know that protection magic is supposed to be like one of the first things you do as a baby witch. But you know what? We're getting new listeners all the time. So maybe this will be one of the first uh, episodes you listen to if you're a new witch. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, And that's kind of one of the reasons I don't necessarily number the episodes because I don't feel like you have to listen in any specific order. Just kind of find what episodes work for you um and and listen to those ones and hopefully we'll come out with more that are really helpful for you all and and following along with where you are in your practice yes exactly and um yeah with that being said I just want to give a couple of uh disclaimers before we go into it first of all you know there is so much protection magic out there I um one of the ways I did research is I read through a couple not a couple like three or four chapters in uh, Judica Isles's Encyclopedia of 5,000 Spells, which is a really great reference book. Um, but that being said, like, you know, she has, it, like, her protection magic chapter is, like, 60 pages long, and there's every single variant. She has protection magic um, spells for every culture you can think of. Um, One thing Missa and I were discussing before we started recording though, is that she kind of just lumps like voodoo, hoodoo, root working, traditional African diasporic magic in with like general magic. So unless you know a bit about those practices, it's hard to kind of tease out, um, you know, what are practices that are possibly appropriative so and we were even discussing 
Um, this came up because we were discussing a uh, type of magic earlier and Missa pointed out that it was, it has roots in uh, hoodoo and I didn't know that because Judica Isles didn't put it in her book. So that disclaimer's in there. Um, and also like, we're going to talk about a few things, but if what we're talking about doesn't resonate with you, there is so much protection magic out there. Every culture has their own version of protection magic. So just do research and you will find something. And, you know, there's a lot you can work with. There's a lot you can work with. (laughs) This is going to be a very small summary of the vast plethora of protection magic that is available to you yes definitely um now katie i think because you did do all of that reading um in judica owl's book there was a quote that you had pulled that i think is really important to start out with yes and yeah i did want to put this out here so on page 876 of that book she says if you're concerned about actual physical danger magic reinforces other methods but does not replace them If you are seriously concerned about your apartment being robbed, for instance, it doesn't matter how many power spells you cast, how many ambulance you post at the entrance, if you don't also lock doors and windows. Magic doesn't offer license to defy laws of nature or common sense. So, yeah, you can, you know, do whatever spells you want. Like, I remember in middle school, there was this... um, witchy girl who had a... She claimed to have a stalker. And so she was like, I'm posting, you know, every full moon, I'm posting wards around my parents' house. And I'm like, that isn't, have you talked to your parents about this? This doesn't sound healthy. Like you should probably be doing something other than just magic to help this problem. Um, So yeah. In the same way, when we say, you know, if you're sick, you know, there are certain herbs and things that you can help for sickness, but also like if you have, an infection and need antibiotics, get yourself some antibiotics. If you're worried about your physical danger, take care of your physical danger first, mm-hmm. add magic on top of it. Yes, exactly. So yeah, if you're like, maybe going to get murdered by someone, don't just, you know, take a salt bath. That isn't going <laughs> to co- stop you from being murdered. Um, yeah. Yeah, this isn't charmed. You can't like freeze someone who's actively trying to attack you. Um, Use common sense, you know, protect yourself physically, protect yourself magically as well. Yes, exactly. Um, So uh, let's start by protecting physical spaces because there's a lot of magic around those. Um, So Going to one of the most classic methods of protection are threshold protection. So that's sprinkling something on the doorstep. Um, Missa, I believe that's one of your favorite methods of protection magic, right? Yeah. So when you talk about thresholds, a threshold is one of those liminal spaces where kind of um, the veil can be thin. So we talk about like, you know, a liminal space that are the shadows midnight, things like that, where you're kind of in between two places. And that's what a threshold is. Um, and so there's a lot that you can protect just by protecting that, that threshold between the inside and the outside of your house. Uh, the first time I ever like went into another witch's house, right at the start of my practice, I'd asked my coworker to have her roommate read my cards. Um, I sat down, I'd never met her roommate before. And I, she was trying to kind of figure out 
you know, who is this random person that just asked me to read tarot cards? I don't read them professionally, but I, I didn't know where else to go. So I was like, Hey, just do you read tarot cards? Does your roommate who can help me? And so she's like, well, I know at least that I can trust you and you're a good person because you made it across the threshold. And I don't know where I'd heard this or how I knew it. Cause I was really at the start of my practice, but I was like, Oh, you got brick dust on the store, the doorstep. <laughs> and she goes, yeah. Okay. You're good. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but so that's one of the like um, basic things that you'll hear from a lot of people. Red brick dust across the doorstep on the threshold is one of the great ways to keep any kind of negative energy. So that's a, a spirit, a person, anything like that from crossing that boundary into your home. Yes. And you know, that's called dusting the doorstep and you red brick dust is one of the most common ways to do that. And there's some arguments. Um, Judica Elish talks about it in her book about red brick dust having roots in, um, you know, before we had bricks uh, using powdered ochre or hematite or even like it being dried menstrual blood. She has very strong opinions about the vagina and everything related being a protective symbol, but we may or may not get into that. Um, but yeah, so it has some pretty deep roots. Um, again, it might also have roots in hoodoo. So keep that in mind, but it's a pretty ubiquitous part of magic in the United States. Yeah. That's when I was reading up on it. Cause again, I'd, I'd always kind of heard of it. Um, and then for this episode, I was reading up on it and there were some sources that said it was, you know, American folkloric magic. Um, and there was another part that really specifically tied it to hoodoo. And then it talked about voodoo and Marie Laveau using it really commonly. And so, you know, I, I don't know the, the official origin, um, but that is something that you will hear a lot. You can make red brick dust yourself if you have access to old bricks. Um, if not, you can buy red brick dust. I would prefer that you buy it from a witchcraft shop um, online in person if it's safe right now. Um, Etsy, you know, there's a lot of magical sellers on Etsy. You can get red brick dust from them. Um, people who have already put their time and effort into protecting it, they might have even, you know, blessed it in a certain way. So that's ways to get red brick dust if you don't necessarily have access to bricks yourself. Yes. And there are other things that you can dust your doorstep with um, powdered rice, rose of Jericho water, salt. Uh, Salt is just generally a good protective uh, material. Um, You could also use your ancestors graveyard dirt and horseradish. So there's other options if you want to, you know, you know, red brick dust isn't, um, you don't have access to that, or it's not something that you really resonate with. Um, and then there's some other ways that you can protect your thresholds, uh, planting certain herbs. Uh, we're going to go through a list of magical herbs at the end here. And so I'm certain planting any of those by your threshold would be protective. Um, there's also, you know, you could ask various gods or goddesses or spirits, um, you know, I think in Judica Elish's book or Isles, I always get thrown off because I've heard Isles and I'm pretty sure it's Isles. But if you listen to New World Witchery, they talk about Judica Elish, this book by Judica Elish a lot or Isles a lot. And they say Judica Elish. And it, I am now not certain how to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> yeah, so. I have absolutely no idea. Um, yeah, I thought there was a K in it. So I'm, I thought there was a K in her first and last name. So I'm completely off. It's spelt 
I-L-L-E-S. So it could be Isles. Apparently it could also be Elish. I'm trying to say Isles, but if I lapse, I apologize. Um, so then, but yeah, in her book, there's like four or five pages of spirits that you can call upon to guard your home. So, you know, there might be certain gods or goddesses that would resonate more with that. Like Hestia is the Roman god or is the Greek goddess of hearth and home. So maybe that would be good. But I don't know. In all honesty, you know, if you have a really close relationship with a god or goddess and, you know, maybe not Pan necessarily because Pan is kind of wild <laughs> and doesn't really want to be stuck in your house. But, um, you know, you could probably call upon whichever god or goddess you have an intimate relationship with or spirits or even like you could call upon your ancestor spirits or your guides and they would be more than happy to protect your home for you so yeah Yeah. um janice is also in roman uh, mythology um the god of gates doorways passages things like that um so that's another one um to use in in doorways and thresholds yes and so then uh Moving on past thresholds, um, iron is a really common protective material. It's used, um, you know, I read something about just saying the word iron in some cases is potent enough to protect it. Um, There's, you know, it's a really common material and it's used a lot as a type of protection. Um, You can you know, just take something that's iron and put it under your bed as a form of protection. You can um, take iron and bury it in the four corners of your home. And that's a form of protection. Um, You can take a bath with an iron nail or carry it with you and it's a form of personal protection or like wear an iron safety pin and it's a form of protection. Um, there's an old spell in the book, um, from Pliny the Elder, and it's just taking a knife or dagger, the crucial point being that it is crafted from iron or steel, cast an imaginary circle three times around the person requesting protection with the point always facing toward them. So, like, it's just, iron's just good at protection. I know there's some other, there's another side to it where, if you work with the Fae, um, it can like expel fairies or make fairies avoid you. Yeah, but, that's what I've always heard is that iron is um, like protect, not necessarily protection, but like iron repels the Fae. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually originally heard that in the Suki Stackhouse novels, <laughs> but. Um, I've heard that since then and in other places as well. So I'm sure that's where that author got that information was from, you know, folk, magical folklore and things like that. But yeah, if you are concerned about the Fae, if you were one of those people on TikTok fucking with the Fae back earlier in the summer and maybe now you need some protection from them, um, iron would maybe be something that you might look into. Um, and mm-hmm. again, just just don't fuck with the fae just you leave them alone they'll hopefully leave you alone yeah yeah just don't yeah don't fuck around with the fae like (laughs) it could be good to have a healthy relationship with them but also like they can they can do some real bad shit to you like they're not like they're not like these cuddly warm 
deities that some people think they are they can like they can do some damage if you don't show them the respect that they did that they require so yeah 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 absolutely so then let's talk about salt that's another like i said that's another really common um that's another really common form of protection uh in you know protecting physical spaces it's you know a really easy way to protect your property is to um or like to cleanse your home or protect your home is to just sprinkle salt all over the floor and then sweep it towards the front door and that kind of clears away any negative energy and protects it um you know you can also take bowls of salt i've seen a lot about that just take you know a full bowl of salt and or multiple bowls of salt and just leave it to sit out overnight or a week to absorb anything. And then you can dispose of that salt and it works as a cleansing. Um, You can also make a physical boundary with salt. Like, you know, if you remember um, Hocus Pocus, the way they protect the little girl is by putting a circle of salt around her. So you can make a physical boundary of salt. Um, I wouldn't necessarily do it outside though because you know the term salt the earth you can if you salt if you put salt in dirt nothing will grow there and it can poison the soil so don't put it on any soil please because it will kill things um yes yes. protect nature you know you don't want to be one of those those witches that does something for the aesthetics you know doing a circle of salt for protection but then you actually ended up destroying nature destroying your home you know the the land around your home. So very, be very careful with that. Try not to put salt in the dirt. Yes, but you can, you know, maybe putting salt in the corners of your home within your home is a good idea. Or maybe if you have just a sidewalk, putting salt like on the sidewalk, um, you might do that anyway if you live in a cold area. Um, <laughs> but there's also like... Um, you know, you can make holy water with salt and use that to spray. There's this idea of asperging, which is like spraying some sort of cleansing water around your home as a way to cleanse it. So you can do that with salt water. You can do that with holy water. You can do that with Florida water or rose water or any sort of cleansing protective thing that you can think of. Um, yeah, salt is just really great for protection. Another really common form of using salt and we are going to talk more about protective baths later but um you know salt baths are just a really common way to cleanse yourself um yeah that's actually if you watch uh the adventures of sabrina the new netflix adaptation of sabrina i think one of the few things that they get accurate for magic is that at a certain point Sabrina's classmates put a blood curse on her and her aunts figure it out and are like, okay, just go take a salt bath and you'll be fine. So yeah, take salt baths are a real thing. Personally, I think uh, just straight sea salt's a little bit too abrasive for my skin. So I use Epsom salts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Epsom salt bath. I'm I'm not usually taking a bath unless there's Epsom salt in it. Um, It has, you know, it's protection, it's healing, um, depending, you know, you can put essential oils in with it. You can buy bath salts that are you know from different witchcraft companies that have different you know essential oils or herbs in them so uh, salt baths are great highly recommend Mm -hmm. them Um, you can also buy or make black salt um, for protection 
Um, so I have some Himalayan, or not Himalayan, <laughs> that's pink. Um, some Icelandic black salt. That's like naturally occurring black salt. Um, it's culinary black salt. That's not really what we're talking about when witchcraft, like in witchcraft. Um, generally black salt is something that you make by adding like black pepper or charcoal um, or other like herbs and spices to darken the salt for protection. That's like a specific, like something that you've created, um, like almost like a potion. There's a, you know, you can create a ritual with it to create this protective black salt. And again, you can sprinkle that on your doorway as long as it's not going to get into the earth um, or keep it in a pouch, um, in a locket. If you want to carry it like on your person, um, keep it in a bowl somewhere in your house, things like that for protection. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, yeah, salt's just really ubiquitous and it's a good, you know, everybody has salt. If you, you know, don't have a lot of money or you, you know, are anti-capitalist and you don't want to go through a lot of effort to get special stuff for protection, you know, salt's in your cabinet. You, it's pretty easy to work with. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A little salt, cayenne pepper, black pepper. There you go. You got yourself some, some magical protection. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, and then, yeah, speaking of, you know, creating physical boundaries, you can also put wards or, um, you know, bury something at the corner of each property or like put something in the corner of each, each corner of your home as a way to create protections. Um, I, yeah, I do, a protective spell that you find in uh, Gabrielle Hurstick's book, How to Be a Modern Witch. Um, every time I move to a new place, that just involves like you put a candle. I mean, this is like protecting a ritual space, but because I live by myself, I consider my entire home to be my ritual space. Um, so I like put a candle on, you know, more southeast west in my home and um, do, you know, ask create a protective ward that way um you yeah. can also physically do it outside by burying something in each corner i you know depending on the tradition there's different things that you would bury but it could be like an herb bundle it could be um you know it could be an iron spike that's another way to do it so yeah yeah it's similar you know we've, we've talked about protection circles casting circles like that um it can be like a protection circle for your home um we talk about warding um you can do it outdoors if you know it's okay if your neighbors or your your family members see you doing some ritual magic outside of your house um if that's not something that's available to you or if you live in a shared space maybe it's just your inner inner walls you could anoint the walls with something that's not going to stain um you can just do it in your your bedroom or even like if you're in a dorm room, just like your bed and your desk, something like that, just your little space is your is what you've warded. Um, and then it's important to, if you're not a homeowner, if you're not staying in that space forever, or if you sell your home, um, to lift the wards. Um, you don't necessarily want that to be left over when someone else gets your, your house or your apartment. Um, <clears throat> you wouldn't wanna move into somewhere where someone else had left their wards up. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so I think we accidentally talked about the other two points I had for protecting physical spaces, but I am just going to say, um, you know, I talked about leaving trays of salt out, but you can do that with, you know, um, like leaving out bowls of 
herbal water made with protective herbs. You can do that um, with like just an herbal blend or, you know, you can leave trays of stuff out and they absorb the negativity or they cleanse the space and then you just dispose of those. And, you know, that is a form of cleansing a physical space. So, yeah. Yeah. And then you talked about Asperging a little bit as well, which is a term I'd never heard until it popped up on the show notes. <laughs> yeah, that's a term that Judica Isles uses a lot. Um, and basically it just means like, I if anybody's been to a Catholic church, like, you know, when the priest like has that little thing that flicks holy water everywhere, that's basically what it is, is you're just like flicking water everywhere. So um, you know, it could be salt, like salt water. It could be holy water, um, Florida water. It's just a pretty common way to cleanse the space. Um, I kind of do it inadvertently because I don't like to burn things. So a way that I often like make offerings is by spraying something, be it, you know, lavender water, rose water, Florida water, um, full moon water or something like that. But yeah, it's just spraying water around a space basically to, um, cleanse and protect it. So, yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, that's a super easy way. It could just be regular water. You could leave it out on a full moon. You could add a little salt. You could just say a little blessing over it. Again, another super affordable, um, simple way to add protection, you know, where we're kind Mm -hmm. of, anti-capitalist on this, <laughs> on this podcast. So, and, and we know when you're just starting out, we don't want you to spend $500 on protection magic. So that's a good, simple way to start out or even to carry out throughout your practice. Yes. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's easy. It's simple. Um, you know, you can do it with a leftover spray bottle for, I don't know if you wear makeup and you have like setting spray like you can just repurpose that into a spray bottle for you to spray you know moon water around it's you know there's a lot of easy ways to do that um i just started saving spray bottles and now i have a million different things that i spray <laughs> around my house so yeah. oh my gosh yeah. i'm the same way i save any like fancy makeup container like um any eyedropper container <clears throat> if yeah mm-hmm. if you came in an eyedropper bottle i still have you Um, If you came in a glass little spritz bottle or like an amber or blue or like fancy colored spritz bottle, I'm saving you. Um, I got Mm -hmm. a whole collection. Yes, exactly. Well, I do the same thing, but mine is because I'm trying to do like a zero waste beauty routine, but I can't like, I can't find any good zero waste serum except um, Lush makes one, but I tried it and it made my skin break out. So now I think the next thing I'm going to do is figure out how to make my own serum, which sounds intimidating, but we have a looming uh, quarantine or stay-at-home <laughs> order coming up. So I'm going to learn. <laughs> yeah. So next, let's move on to protecting yourself. Um, a really common thing that you'll see is just a pentacle as a form of protection. So I have a pentacle necklace that I wear as a form of protection sometimes. You can get pentacles all over um basically anything that has to do like any kind of place that sells witchcraft stuff is usually going to sell a pentacle i have one that's a pentacle and a tree of life um especially if you know maybe you don't want to wear a pentacle necklace everywhere with you or you don't want it to be outwardly visible because you know maybe you're in the broom closet or you're you know it's not safe for you to wear pentacles um so you can wear i mean a, a necklace under your clothes or you can 
you know, draw a pentacle somewhere on your body. Um, or you could get something that, again, like I said, mine has like a tree of life on it. So you can't necessarily see that it's a pentacle right away unless you're looking really closely. Yeah. Or even if you want something really subtle, you could like put a pentacle on your arm in lotion and then rub it in. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be super explicit or expensive. So, but yeah, it is a symbol of protection and you can use that to protect your body. So, yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, pentacles or pentagrams, uh, depending on whether or not it has a circle encasing it, um, get a bad rap. I think, you know, it's getting better now. The inverted pentacle has been the Christian symbol of like Satan and Satanism um, because it has like devil horns or goat horns or whatever. Um, but it, you know, if you're going to wear it inverted, I'm not going to say that you're like a bad witch or whatever, wear it how it feels protective to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so then moving, you know, moving from pentacles, there is also the concept of just an amulet, wearing a protective amulet. Um, and some of these can be a very specific protective thing. Um, one of my favorite protective objects that I own is a um, guardian angel necklace that my mother got from the Vatican. Um, yeah, and that I've put magical emphasis on that protective energy as well. But, you know, that's something that I that I got when I was like 15 and was a protective amulet before I ever became a witch. Um, so you so it can be something specific like that. It can also just be I this necklace resonates deeply with me. I'm going to wear it as a protective amulet and um, both. uh light magic for dark times and how to be a mad uh how to be a modern witch have spells to create protective amulets so you can look to those if you want some instruction on how to create your own amulet but that being said uh there are some objects that are specifically used as amulets yeah um so one of the big ones so again i i have a beautiful in addition to my tree of life pentacle i'm i'm obsessed with the tree of life it's one of my um, my favorite symbols. Um, so in addition to the pentagram one, I also have a, a tree of life. Um, it's like a huge beaded rainbow tree of life. Um, I usually break it out around pride cause it's rainbow. Um, but I also wear it when I feel like I need extra protection. And the other one that I will wear around when I feel like I need extra protection is, um, my, uh, mine's actually the one I have then I need to get a, a new one because this one's a little bit big to wear all the time, but is a Hamsa or Hamsa necklace. Um, it's the, the hand with the, it's often called the evil eye. Um, you know, the, the blue eye that you'll see um, in reality, it's protection from the evil eye um, and is often referred to as a Nazar, which I believe is the middle. It's a, it's middle Eastern in origin. Um, but yeah, so the Nazar uh, or evil eye kind of, they're used interchangeably, even though they don't necessarily mean the same thing. Um, but that's a really big one that you'll see in witchcraft or just in kind of new agey practices. Yeah. And a quick rundown on the evil eye. Basically, the evil eye is like someone either consciously or subconsciously projecting ill wishes on you. And 
wearing an amulet is pretty much one of the only ways you can prevent the evil eye is to just always be wearing an amulet. So if anybody ever, um, if anybody ever projects that on you, just wearing the amulet will automatically repel it. Um, and the evil eye is basically anti-life force. So in addition to the blue eye, which in my research, I found out that is blue. The evil, the anti-evil eye thing is blue um, and it's called the evil eye because um, the evil eye is mainly believed in and practiced in like around the Mediterranean in the Middle East where there aren't many blue-eyed people. And so back in the day where blue-eyed people were re- were rare in those areas, um, the you know, if you had blue eyes, they assumed that you just gave everybody the evil eye all the time, which as someone who has ble- blue eyes, that is a little unnerving. And I want to say I'm not giving you the evil eye, but yeah, that's why <laughs> those are blue. Um, um, you can also use like the evil eye or again, the Nazar, depending on, you know, what terminology you're using. Um, not only wearing it as an amulet, but you can get like decorative ones to protect your home. You can hang up by your front door or like a room in your house. If you feel like you need extra protection, there's all kinds of different. Um, and it's, it's really popular, not only in witchcraft and new agey stuff, but just like aesthetically pleasing. There is a flower company and I'm not going to try to pronounce it cause it's in French, but they sell like $700 flower arrangements. I think they're like flowers that are supposed to last for years. Um, but they have an evil eye arrangement. That's one day if I ever have a lot of money, I'm buying myself that like $700 flower arrangement. But uh, so yeah, it's, it's popular throughout, you know, current pop culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there is, yeah, so there's the blue eye, but there's other symbols because, um, and I'm going to put a caveat on this. So a lot of the other amulets that you can wear, um, basically... They are symbols of virility, i.e. symbols of (laughs) genitalia, because the evil eye is is like anti-life force. Your life force starts draining away. So you do symbols of like what creates life as a way to um, counteract it. So like in Italy, there are, you know, beads of penises, and those are supposed to be um, anti-evil eye uh, symbols. You can also do, uh, the chili pepper, uh, wear a chili pepper around your neck, which is Mm -hmm. phallic, or you could do a seashell necklace, which seashells are yonic if, or look like a vagina, if you don't know what yonic means. Um, yeah, there's also the crescent moon. Um, that's also the symbol of like, you could do the fig hand, which is where you put your thumb in between your index and middle fingers, um, as a, way to ward off uh, the evil eye or like the horned hand, you know, from like rock and roll where your pinky and index finger are up, but um, you kind of have the middle and ring finger held down by your thumb. That's another way to ward off the evil eye. So, but there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot, a lot of evil eye lore. So, yeah. 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 And and lots of different things. And like we were talking with amulets, um, crescent moon amulets also, big in witchcraft, um, lots of different, um, like Celtic symbols, like the triquetra is a very popular, um, like amulet or pendant to wear, um, to, for magical protection. Mm -hmm. Yep. So then, 
Another way you can protect yourself is by putting protective symbols on your clothes. So I've done this where I made a protection sigil and I just drew it in Sharpie on like parts of my clothes, either on the label or somewhere where it's not going to be readily visible. Or you can also um, put them on the insides of your shoes or on the soles of your shoes. Uh, Gabriella Hurstick has a spell for that in How to Be a Modern Witch. Um, so that's a really simple way to kind of ward yourself and what you're wearing and ensure that you pass through the, er the world safely. Yes. Um, and if you are a seamstress, if you're someone that sews, you can sew protective symbols inside your clothes. Um, you know, for the rest of us that aren't so good at that, you can just, you know, do what Katie was doing and draw them in, in Sharpie in, on the tag or, or something on the inside. Mm -hmm. And then another good method to protect yourself is a bath. We already discussed um, doing you know, a salt bath, but you know, you can make a protective bath using protective herbs. Um, in the evil eye lore, um, doing a bath with uh, coals or silver is a really common way to remove the evil eye. Um, yeah, we already discussed putting an iron nail in a bath as a way of protection. Um, yeah, and again, we don't want to tell you to go and spend all your money, but there are a lot of, of, you know, companies, if you do want to spend money and support other witches, um, there are a lot of people who make, like, bath bombs and things like that that do have protective purposes. Um, you can also, you know, support those those people and, and, you know, what they've put their work into, what they've, they've blessed and, and put out for protection for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just here's a list of some cleansing baths that I read about. So there's, you know, a basil bath, a citrus bath. Um, the citrus bath is really common, I think. Um, I've even heard Pam Grossman talk about doing a yuzu or a lemon bath um, around the new year as a way to cleanse yourself and start the new year. Um, you can do like a blend of lavender, mint, majorum, oregano, and rosemary. You can do a holy water um, bath. You can do a dill bath. You could do a lavender bath. It's, you know, I'm going to give a list of herbs at the end of this that are like the most commonly referenced protective herbs that I found in my research. But, you know, that was pared down from like 70 herbs that <laughs> Judica Isles talks about in her protective magic chapter. So like, if you want to read through that and you find something that resonates with you more as a protective herb, I, you know, go for it. Just make sure you're doing your research and you're not going to, you know, do, you know, accidentally poison yourself because you put something that is harmful to you in your bath water. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. All right. So then another way you can do protective makeup and Missa, I thought you'd want to talk about this because you can, um, you really enjoy glamour magic, but, uh, Judica Isles talks about your eyes, especially being a potent place to protect because that is a place where you can be easily attacked. So putting um, eyeliner or coal around your eye is supposed to help protect you or be a form of protection. Um, I was also thinking, and you can like, you know, put, you know, you, when you're putting on your serum, you know, put a protective sigil on your forehead before you rub it in. Or, you know, when you're doing your lips, you could put like a protective symbol on your lip before you put in lip liner before you fill it in with lipstick. But yeah. Yeah. 
that is one thing that I do. Um, usually I'm doing um, a symbol of a deity with my like serum or my lotion or something when I put it on. Um, but if I do feel like I need extra protection, um, usually I do it most often. I'll do like mercury symbol during mercury retrograde, something like that. Um, it, or I'll do a certain color like for protection. Um, I do like a red lipstick or something a lot. If I feel like I need to, for whatever red lips, for whatever reason, red lipstick makes me feel protected, makes me feel um, like I can speak out if I feel like I'm being silenced or, or something like that. So, you know, color magic and things like that when I, when I work with glamour magic is really important to me. Uh, but yeah, definitely serum, lotion, um, not even with your, your lipstick, but also we've talked previously in, in other episodes about um, doing like protective symbols in like, I use, I mostly only use um, bar soap, bar shampoo, conditioner, everything like that. Um, so you can put different symbols in those. Um, you might have one that you do for regular washings. And then if you feel like you need an extra protective washing, you can carve something into your soap and, and wash with that soap. Um, again, just, or like, like in the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, if you feel like you need to remove, uh, some bad vibes from you, you can put something and, you know, carve a symbol into your soap to, to remove those vibes when you take a bath or take a shower. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, that's all I have for personal protection. So let's move on to protection for magic. Um, we talked in our spell work episode about grounding and cleansing, but I just want to reiterate that when you're doing magic, you need to make sure you're grounding your energy. Um, and so you don't, uh, you know, overextend yourself or push yourself too far. Um, you should also cleanse to make sure, you know, you aren't incorporating any, um, negative or problematic energy with your spell or into your spell yeah um, well like we talked yeah. about when you when you ward you want to make sure or you, you want you wouldn't want someone else's warding to be there when you move into a new place similar to any time you're going to sit down to do magic you know maybe if it's in your own home and you've lived there for a while but if it's not necessarily in your own home you want to make sure you're cleansing the space of any kind of negative energy or someone else's energy that has been there before, because that can really, really mess with you. Um, I think we had a question from a listener um, that asked if someone else living in your home could, their energy could impact your crystals. Um, and yeah, I mean, people, other people's energy is influencing you all the time. Um, that's why it's important to regularly, you know, cleanse, cleanse your crystals, cleanse, other magical items that you have um mm -hmm. you don't know who else's energy and maybe even not physical energy maybe spiritual energy so make sure that you're protecting yourself from that by by cleansing it in the first place yep 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 and yeah there's a lot of ways you can cleanse um i think smoke cleansing is one of the most common ways i do a lot of cleansing by bells we're going to talk more about cleansing later but yeah, you just want to make sure that your space is cleansed and your energy is grounded before you start any spell work. Um, also, casting a circle is an important, I mean, I think a lot of more experienced witches talk about how they don't cast circles anymore, but 
when you're a newbie witch and you maybe don't have the energetic protection that they instill, um, just casting a circle is a good idea to make sure that nothing funky happens and nothing wanders into your spell that you don't want there. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Talking about, like, instilling protection... Um, one thing I read about in almost every source I looked at, and then these included some sources where, like, they were pretty much useless except for talking about this type of protection, and it's, like, energetic protection practices. So this is, you know, picturing a white light around your body, a protective white light around your body, or, um, you know, a just basically projecting your energy in a protective way. Uh, that's basically what all of these are, is projecting um, your own energy to protect yourself. And usually there's, there's some sort of visualization that goes along with that, either like a white light or a mirror or something like that. Um, and yeah, that's one of the most common forms of protective magic. Um, I mean, in all honesty... I was, I was in the Catholic school system for a while, and because of that, you know, I still don't fuck with Ouija boards because, you know, in Catholic school, they told me that they were a way that you open up a portal to hell. So, like, there were, like, the Catholics get down with some supernatural <laughs> stuff, and one of the few things they do is they tell you, like, ways to protect yourself, and so, like, I feel as though my main way that I protect myself is going back, you know, to high school. I have always kind of had this spiritual protective, like, don't try to fuck with me, fuck with me and find out bad spirits. So like, I just have always had this protective energy that I exude and it's subconscious, conscious, like. I just don't, like, don't fuck with me. Don't fuck around with me. I will expel you immediately. Um, yeah, so it's kind of just having that energy, that confidence, that attitude of you can't touch me. I am more powerful than, than you. Don't, just don't even try it. So, yeah. yeah. And that's when we talk about, like, when you're a baby witch and you want to make sure that you're always casting, like, circles and always grounding, always doing other things, even though, you know, more practice witches don't. And that's one of the reasons that they don't have to sit down and like do a, a big ritual every time they read tarot cards or something is because of most aspects of their lives, they're doing things like that. I don't ever put clothes on my body, even though I am still a, a baby witch, I, I don't ever put my clothes on my body without intention. Um, whatever kind of intention I need that day, um, whatever kind of protection or healing or whatever, I'm picking a color, I'm picking you know, a shirt that I wore, you know, when I had a good day once in college, you know, something like that. Um, I'm never putting makeup on without intention. You, It's when you are doing those things daily with intention, building up that practice, building up that energetic protection around you. Um, I said in our Glamour Magic episode, I believe, you know, when I get dressed for work and things like that, I'm putting on a suit of armor. I dress a certain way at work to exude the confidence and the attitude that I need to have. Um, and so that's the kind of things that it's, it's not going to start right away. You know, you're not going to remember to do it every single day, but it is a practice that you will build up. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. And yeah, and it just takes practice and takes, again, it takes confidence. It's almost this level of like, you evil entities can't touch me because if you were to touch me, I'd fuck your shit up. So it's like just having a level of confidence that like you can't be touched almost. I mean, it's a little bit of hubris almost, but it's like once it's like um, Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't think you've ever seen that, Missa, but I, spoiler, not, I do not watch scary shit. <laughs> yeah, but so in this movie, um, the villain, Freddy Krueger, attacks people in their dreams and basically whatever he does to you in the dream happens to you in real life so that means like if he kills you in the dream you die in real life um and so in the end the way that you defeat freddy krueger is by not being afraid of him and once you're not afraid of him he can't do shit to you and so it's kind of the same thing like once you are no longer afraid of it it can't do shit to you so yeah yeah and another part of that is having a connection with whatever guides that you work with. So if you have mm-hmm. a strong connection with your deities, your ancestors, um, if you work with the Fae, if you have a strong connection with the Fae, um, any kind of spirit guide, if you have a, a deep, strong connection, then you know that they have your back too at mm-hmm. all times, whether or not you're specifically calling for them. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's, that's another way to, to build up that energetic protection is to, to have created that strong working relationship. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much energetic protections. Um, so now that we've talked about ways to protect yourself, you want to also know how to cleanse a space in case, you know, you have some bad energy there. So we've talked about smoke cleansing a lot on this podcast. That's a really common way. I think, you know, even before witchcraft, hearing about quote unquote smudging or herb cleansing as you know, it's called now because as a reminder, smudging is actually a very specific indigenous ritual and it is not, you know, cleansing at your, your house with uh, sage. But yeah, so smoke cleansing, really common way. I personally use bells, which are um, an like sound cleansing. You could do that. Um, yeah, and I mean, this goes back to... You know, I guess they used to ring bells during exorcisms as a way to call demons out of people. Um, you know, it goes back. To, it has really deep roots in Europe. That's why, you know, churches ring bells, all that. Um, but you don't just, you know, sound cleansing isn't just bells. You could play, you know, banging pots and pans together. I think we've talked about <laughs> playing happy music if you're in a um, funky mood or if you're scared. Um, Pam Grossman talks about her favorite way to exercise or get a ghost out of your home is by flashing it while laughing your ass off so like (laughs) just stuff like that yeah um again if you have some kind of cleansing water uh florida water moon water anything like that um crystals if you have so i have a selenite wand katie and i both got a selenite wand from a subscription service we used to have um i use that selenite wand for friggin' everything. I'm cleansing everything with that thing. Selenite is a self self cleansing crystal. Um, so I do a lot of crystal cleansing with that, that little wand there. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then even, and then you can also clean, like just the act of cleaning your home is very potent cleansing magic. So again, your home might not be that messy, but you know, you need to 
do a good sweep and mop and, you know, clean your counters in your kitchen and, you know, just doing cleaning your home is a form of cleansing as well. I would like to reiterate that I use that selenite wand for cleansing. I do not do any actual cleaning in this house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my house is a mess, y'all. It's okay. You try. You have a lot going on. Um, Yeah. And then also just going back, baths are a very potent way to cleanse yourself. That's actually like what we're going to go into hex removal here in a second, but taking a bath with, you know, salt or some herbs is a great way to cleanse yourself. Or I've heard a salt bath is the best way to cleanse your aura if you believe in auras. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So yeah, let's just go into hex removal then. So there's four types of hex removal as Judica Isles talks about in 5,000 spells. Um, So there's four types, two that you want to do and two that you don't want to do. So there's hex breaking, uncrossing, antidotes, and reversing. So the ones you want to do are hex breakers and antidotes, um, which hex breaking is just removing a malevolent spell. And then an antidote is exactly what it sounds like. I would recommend hex breakers more than antidotes because antidotes require you to know what exactly the hex is on you, which you may not know depending on your situation. So, I mean, if you know that, there's some things like they say if you, um, like if it's an object cursing you, like touching the object will remove the hex from you, that sort of thing. Um, But you may not know that. Whereas hex breakers, it just removes a malevolent spell um, that and you don't necessarily need to know what the spell is or what caused it. So I'm going to give you a lot of recommendations for hex breaking because I think that is the best, me- best method um, talking generally. Um, but then there's also uncrossing and reversing. And you want to stay away from those because with uncrossing, um, it's removing what might be a hex. And if it is a hex, it's going to send it back to the creator um, of the hex and then reversing is liter- is the same thing except you know it's a hex it's reversing a hex on you and returning it to the person who created it so um, Judica Isles talks a lot in the book about how uncrossing and reversing aren't necessarily ethical because you're basically cursing someone back and on a certain extent like you know with uncrossing if they didn't hex you then nothing bad's going to happen to them but also you know you're basically you know ethically where do you draw the line between um you know actually performing a curse and just sending a curse back on someone and they have the same effects so um yeah just for ethical reasons we're just going to talk about hex breaking now um so i want to um i've actually never heard of uncrossing as being unethical or have it being it sent back on the other person um uncrossing Crossing is very, very popular in modern witchcraft. Um, there are lots of vendors, you know, witchcraft stores, things like that, that I trust. And they do sell a lot of like uncrossing, uncrossing candles or spell kits or things like that. Um, I don't personally work with a lot of um, like negative energies. So I've never done an uncrossing spell and I haven't looked into it that much. Um, but I've, this is the first time I'm hearing of uncrossing being something that could negatively impact someone that has sent something to you. Yeah. And I've seen the same thing where uncrossing is really common. Like the, you know, uncrossing is a very easy um, 
thing to do because it basically involves candle magic. Like, you know, you dress a candle with uncrossing oil and that's how you uncross yourself. But I mean, and maybe this is one source. So this was the only source that really talked about this. And I did read, you know, 10 books on this. So this, and mm-hmm. this was the only one that talked about uncrossing. Um, but yeah, I mean, from what I, this is the only, yeah, this is the only source that talked about it. And she did say that uncrossing does specifically send it back to the creator if there was a hex. So, I mean, there is, I don't know how accurate that is, but that is what I, I saw see. in my research. So, so it yeah. sounds more like uncrossing is, uncrossing isn't necessarily unethical unless what has happened is that you have been hexed. So like if it's something mm-hmm. else and you do an uncrossing, then that's beneficial for you. But if you don't know what's wrong and you do an uncrossing and it was a hex, then it could potentially reverse it back to the caster. Yes. And am I understanding exactly. that right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes Whereas reversing, there are reversing spells that are very specifically like whatever I have going on with me, I'm just sending it back to that fucker and they can deal with it. So yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so let's get back to uh, breaking hex breaking. Yeah. Or whatever so, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hex breaking. So yeah. So there's a, you know, we're running this episode's running a little long. So there's a, um, but there's a whole bunch of ways to hex break. Um, the most common way seems to be taking some sort of uh, cleansing bath. So, and you can do that or like making a tea with certain stuff. Um, again, I'm going to read off a bunch of stuff and you don't, I would ne- probably recommend taking a bath because like I'm going to mention rue and rue can be poisonous. So you don't really, you don't want to make a rue tea. Um, the other thing is uh, plant brushings, like plant brushings. Um, that's actually something that my one of my teachers uh Tonya Ricci does um as a form of cleansing an alternative to smoke cleansing is you take a fresh plant and you brush it all over your body as a form of uh energetic cleansing um so you can do that as well with these plants but some plants that are good for hex breaking are angelica root uh, limes lemons limes and lemons are especially good for hex breaking uh, in the bath um hydrangea nettle, rue, and pine. Um, there's also an ants, um, there's also a story about how, um, people ask Hermes or Mercury for help because in the Odyssey, um, Mercury or Hermes gave Odysseus a plant called moly. And we don't know what moly is, so there, you know, we don't know for certain what plant Mercury gave Odysseus. Um, but, you know, because, and that was the plant that allowed um, Odysseus to defeat Circe and, um, you know, get his crew back and continue on his journey. So there's a tradition that you can ask Mercury for help, and Mercury might give you some more wisdom on how to break a hex. Um, and then also, Red brick dust. I guess it's a pretty common way to hex people by leaving something on the front doorstep. So if you put like a new layer of red brick dust on your threshold, that will protect from those hexes or break those hexes. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, if you're, I, I recommend baths or, or any kind of cleansing. If you do feel like you have a hex, um, you know, just, any of the things that we've talked about, cleansing, smoke cleansing, baths, um, sound cleansing, just just getting that 
cleansing the energy around you, um, even if it's not necessarily going to break the hex. If you like mess with someone, maybe you didn't mess with them. Maybe they just, you know, they feel like you did. Um, it, and if you got like a really powerful witch or like really powerful hex against you, um, you know, maybe that's when you want to do like a real intense hex breaking r ritual. Um, but if you're a baby witch, you're mostly dealing with other baby witches. Um, some more simple cleansings might hopefully work for you as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's all I had. I just have some lists of like crystals and herbs and stuff for protection. Um, Missa, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about for protection magic before we move into those? No, I think we kind of did like a basic overview of, of protection hopefully for all of you um i've got through all my notes and katie you did like do an incredible list of, of crystals and herbs um and all kinds of other things to, to help people out with you know how to incorporate protection magic into their their daily lives yes all right so yeah so i'll just go through those so um some good crystals for protection are black tourmaline turquoise jet lava coral Amber hagstones, which if you don't know what those are, those are uh, stones you find with a natural hole in the middle. Um, and then malachite, smoky quartz, uh, sodalite, lodestone, jade, carnelian, sapphire, silver, rose quartz, amethyst, and obsidian. So there's a big list there. There are some very popular um, crystals there. So yeah, just... Yeah, I, I personally really like turquoise for protection and obsidian. Um, but yeah, there's a, you know, there's a whole lot of variety in there. So I'm certain you'll be able to find something you like. Yeah. And then you also um, have a list of herbs um, and a lot of them are, you know, just kind of like the crystals herbs that you'll find anytime you're looking for, uh, you know, through witchcraft stores. It's not anything that's super far out there. Yes, so that is uh, yarrow, rue, rosemary, rowan, nettle, rose, mugwort, St. John's wort, sage, lavender, cinnamon, vervain, dill, basil, thyme, and garlic. I was actually surprised how ubiquitous garlic is as a protective herb, so that's a good one. Um, but yeah, again, like I said, when I was doing my research, I like I got a list of probably. 60 herbs that could be productive so again if you if none of these work for you or if none of these are available for you or you want to find something that's more specific to your culture of origin you know just do some more research and you'll be able to find something more specific yeah but again these these are ones that are i mean some of them are even things that you can get at the grocery store um but they're otherwise pretty readily available yep yeah and then just a couple other things Numbers for protection are five, seven, and nine, and then colors for protection are black, blue, dark purple, silver, pink, and red. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a, a not so brief, you know? <laughs> we always say that we're gonna try to keep these episodes like 45 minutes to an hour long, and then um, we just get really passionate about these kinds of things. So we, we, we go get a little long-winded sometimes. Um, but hopefully that helps you out in starting out your practice and, and incorporating protection magic and, and just protection rituals into your daily lives. Um, we want to mm -hmm. make sure that you're, you know, if this is something that you're interested in, that you're taking care of yourselves and, and staying protected. Yep. 
Yeah. And just, it is important, especially, you know, this is the quote unquote dark time of year. So there are some traditions of, you know, putting up wards and doing more protective magic. I think uh, Yule is coming up. And one of the traditions about why you burn a Yule log is to keep malevolent spirits from entering your home on the darkest day of the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, protection is just generally good, especially you don't want to accidentally drag in some stuff that can harm you or your loved ones. And yeah, it's just, you know, you know this is an, an important part of magic. So. Yeah, especially when you're first starting out and, you know, maybe there's like a deity or a spirit or an ancestor that you want to work with and you don't really know enough about them yet and you don't even know that you don't know enough about them. Um, and so having that protection there um, is super important. Like I, I, we've probably talked about it before, but Katie uh, did a, a, a ritual right at the beginning of her practice and it kind of backfired and like that was before we knew like set protection things. Like if the spell backfires, you want to make sure that you have something in place. Um, but also like sometimes the spell can backfire by the candle blowing up. So like have a fire extinguisher, like those kinds of protections are important too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Like be practical about, what you're doing you don't accidentally want to start an inferno because you put too much oil and herbs on the candle you dressed so yeah just you use common sense and also maybe take a salt bath if bad shit keeps happening to you so yeah. yes um and it's okay to take a break too if, if you know you feel like something happened and you don't want to mess with a deity or you don't want to mess with something for a while uh take a little break and maybe just do protection or cleansing for a while, you know, that that's okay mm -hmm. too. Yes. Yes. That is great advice. All right. Well, Katie, do you want to let people know how they can find us again? A lot of you have been reaching out to us. We, we really love hearing from you right now. Katie's mostly doing the responses because uh, my life got a little crazy, but yeah, you can definitely reach out to us. Yeah. And you can email us at babywitchpod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram and Twitter at babywitchpod. And uh, I do want to say I don't have access to the Twitter. So that's all Missa. So I don't know <laughs> if you're monitoring that with all the chaotic stuff yes. in your life. So Instagram and email might be the best way to reach out to us right now. Um, yes, but, we do have, yeah, we love we're getting, oh, we've been getting a ton of, of new in, uh, Twitter followers but i'm not super active on the twitter so i don't think we've gotten any like dms or anything or or, or too much from from twitter <laughs> yeah well and you know we love getting your questions in all honesty you know i maybe we should start like picking customer questions and or not customer i'm i've worked in customer service too long um listener questions and reading them on the podcast because you guys ask some really great questions and it makes us think like so yeah, I mean, maybe we should start reading some of those. I mean, we've already had one listener question that started an entire episode. So yeah, if you guys have questions for us, just reach out. We love hearing from you. And, you know, it helps us make the podcast uh, suit your needs better. So yeah. Yeah. And we might not get to it right away. Like we had a question from a listener probably like way earlier this year. And we were like, this is such a great question and we really want to research this topic and we're not going to get to it until like next year because we really want to research this and we don't want to just like Google it real quick and then do a podcast episode based on that. So 
Um, it might be a while if, before you hear your question on the podcast, but that's just because we're, we're really trying to, to, to look into it for you. Yeah. And there's some things where you ask questions like that. Um, what is the witch, what is a witch episode? Like a customer asks, not a, I'm going to stop calling you guys customers. I apologize. Um, a listener asked that in like June and then that was the September episode. So sometimes if we don't have to do a whole lot of research, it becomes a very short, you know, it'll be an episode shortly, but other times, you know, if we have to do research for it, it means we have to get books and we have to do a lot of reading and we don't want to be talking about something we're ignorant of. So it, it takes a lot longer. Like I think just last week we had someone ask if we can do a sex magic episode and neither Missa nor I practice sex magic. And so that's going to be like uh, probably a year down the line, depending on when we can get research for it or like two years. I don't know. So, yeah. 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 Um but yeah, definitely just keep asking questions. If, if there's something that we don't even realize that we haven't discussed yet, that you're like, hey, I've heard all about this, but you guys, you, you've never brought it up or, or you bring it up in passing, but you never explain it. Ask us those questions because we might not realize that there's something that we're not addressing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that being said, you know, I think we give this disclaimer at the end of every episode, but we are also baby witches. So um, you know, we like to do our research and we like to know what we're talking about. But, you know, if we've spoken out of turn or if we've said something that, you know, factually to be incorrect, just let us know. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, other than that, we will talk to you all next month on the next yeah. Magical Monday. Bye.